Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about Issue 2 tonight, and I want to direct you to a website that's very helpful. Uh, It's protectohiofamilies.com. That's, again, protectohiofamilies.com. There is a coalition that's building against Issue 2, which would legalize recreational marijuana here in the state of Ohio. And there's a number of people that are coming forward with their own testimonies of how it's had a terrible effect uh, with their family members. And those videos and those testimonials are on the website of protectohiofamilies.com. Let's go to a report right now from Aubrey Adams, who shares her story. My name is Aubrey Adams, and as a person whose life has been devastated by marijuana, I urge Ohio not to make the same mistake Colorado made and commercialize marijuana. Soon after Colorado legalized marijuana, my son's behaviors began to change. He started self-harming. He became paranoid, delusional, and irrational and then he tried to take his life. He was hospitalized twice and told me he was using marijuana dabs, and I didn't know what that was. He described dabs as strong marijuana. He said, Mom, I knew the dabs were making me feel crazy, and I was trying to quit. It's been a long, hard road. Marijuana was my son's gateway drug to meth and heroin. He's been in and out of recovery. And this has taken an emotional toll and a financial toll on every member of my family. Ohio, don't make the same mistake Colorado made. Protect your families. Don't commercialize marijuana. Well, it's on the November 7th ballot, and uh, Ohio is going to make a determination and a decision on legalization of recreational marijuana. We already have medical marijuana in this state. We've had that debate. Uh, and it is being, you know, dispensed through medical clinics. This is much different, folks. This would not be a good idea for Ohio. There's a coalition of law enforcement, medical professionals, the religious community that have uh, basically rallied to do, to oppose issue two, knowing just how terrible effect it's going to be on our communities, on our families, and actually our businesses. The Ohio Manufacturers Association. Uh, the uh, Ohio Catholic Conference, the Ohio Christian Alliance, the Ohio Farm Bureau, uh, uh, of course, a number of law enforcement agencies also, as well as the Ohio Business Roundtable, are all opposing uh, Issue 2, and we're urging a, a no vote on Issue 2. I'd like to introduce my guest today to talk about it, and of course, uh, he has served in the police force for many years. He is now the president of the FOP of Ohio. I'm talking about Gary Wolski. He is a 42-year member uh, uh, in law enforcement, and uh, over his career of Lodge 67, uh, he served there. Uh, he also uh, had an illustrious career. Let's see, I want to read this to you. I was hired in 1979, was promoted to sergeant in 1989, and lieutenant in 1994, worked in patrol until 2004, then became an administrative lieutenant until Ju- June of 2011, and then became commander of the Detective Bureau, and was made the chief designee uh, in retirement. He currently serves 
as a chief security bailiff for a municipal court in Northeast Ohio. Please welcome with me the president of the Ohio FOP, Fraternal Order of Police, Gary Wolski. Gary, welcome. Hi, Chris. Thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, kind words and also the opportunity to speak with you today. Well, absolutely. We support support the uh, men and women in blue all across our state as an organization. And, uh, of course, what we've seen in recent years with the intensity of crime on the rise, we have seen uh, enrollments uh, decrease in Cleveland. In fact, I was just up to an event, talked to one of the uh, fine members of uh, that wear the blue, and uh, they're trying to recruit more young people to get involved with law, law enforcement in the city of Cleveland. Of course, Akron is also down in its recruitment, and Columbus and many of our urban cities. And it's because the rise of crime and drugs are a large part of that to bring uh, the kind of insidious uh, criminal activity into our cities that just make uh, law enforcement that much more of a challenge. Uh, your thoughts about the proposal of legalizing recreational marijuana in Ohio? Well, Chris, first off, as you said earlier, you know, the Buckeye Sheriff's Association is against this. The Ohio Chiefs and Police Association, we are we're obviously the, the most formidable you know, group of law enforcement officers in, in the state. And there's just a lot of bad things that come along with this. It's, you know, no matter what anybody tells you, crime's going to increase. The typical person now that doesn't go out and buy street drugs from the street dealer is going to all of a sudden decide, well, it's legal now, I can do it, but I still can't afford it, so I'm going to have to go out and commit crime. And as you mentioned just a few seconds ago, the numbers of law enforcement officers are down throughout the state. My former agency is about, we had about 62 people when I was there. I think they're down in the low 50s now. And that's just a, a, a small suburban place in, in Cleveland. And Columbus is down a bunch. Cleveland's down, you know, three to 400. Cincinnati, everybody's down. So with an increase in crime comes a more need for law enforcement, and we just don't have the numbers available. That well, aside, and that, yeah, and this, this proposal is going to just make things worse for law enforcement and for all of our communities. The business community, of course, is greatly concerned because when you talk about uh, working heavy equipment on the job site uh, and uh, work-related accidents, this is only going to create more problems of those who are using recreational marijuana on a regular basis. They've seen already the models in California and Colorado, other states that went ahead and legalized recreational marijuana. This is not the marijuana. We have to repeatedly say that of 30 years ago or 40 years ago, uh, this is not your grandpa's weed. This is a, a highly uh, you know, charged dose of marijuana, like the report would the mom just said, Aubrey just said, is that the THC levels in this marijuana is so much greater, and it really creates a lot more problems. Can you talk about that? Sure. I think, you know, like you said, the, you know, your grandfather's weed, we call it Woodstock weed. That was like 5% THC. A lot of this stuff nowadays, these, these edibles, the cookies, ice creams, candies, all of that kind of stuff, it's up to 99% THC. I mean, that's, you know, pretty much pure. There's there's not much, you know, you're going to get high very quick from this stuff. And, you know, again, it's as you mentioned, you know, there's a, there's a big concern in the workplace. Folks are going to go to work operating heavy equipment under the influence or at least having, having marijuana in their system. And that can only, you know, that's going to lead to injuries. Sadly, it'll probably lead to deaths in the, in the workplace and things like that. And, and what it does to the, you know, people working with these folks. Um, 
you know, one of the biggest concerns for law enforcement is in Colorado. Um, they saw an eight, almost an eight and a half percent increase in property crimes and almost a 19 percent increase in violent crimes when marijuana became legal. Those aren't low numbers. That's not just because, you know, crime got worse because and this is, you know, many years ago. So it wasn't that there was a, you know, a, a lower number of police officers. This is back when everybody was pretty much full staffed and everything. Um, you know, w- one of the other big things is, is the effect that this is going to have on, on, on folks on the motoring public. I think the uh, Department of Highway Safety did a uh, did a study, and I, I think that they found that you know we're going to have probably an additional fifty traffic fatal traffic you know accident fatalities and about twenty three hundred more traffic injuries if marijuana becomes legal as a, as a recreational drug. And those are staggering numbers. And you know, I don't want my family out there, you know, as a motoring public or as a pedestrian walking down the street with those kind of numbers. I mean, it's amazing to me that we would allow people to, to vote on increasing the deaths and injuries that we're going to inflict upon our families and our friends and our neighbors and things. It's just, you know, that's kind of unrealistic for me that we would allow that type of stuff to happen. Well, that's right, and I'm reading here from the report of uh, the Colorado traffic deaths since the legalization of marijuana. It increased 24% overall, but in 2019, according to the Hudson Institute, uh, traffic fatalities, 25% in the state of Colorado. I mean, it went from 15% to 25% uh, in 2019, so... This is really going to be bad for the the roadways out there. It's already an obstacle course, the way people drive these days. It's so hectic and chaotic. And you throw in there now the recreational marijuana widespread throughout the state of Ohio. It's going to lead to a lot of uh, tragedy on the roadways. Uh, We're talking with with Gary, who is the president of the FOP of Ohio, Gary Wolski. And uh, again, the FOP has joined the coalition against the uh, legalization of recreational marijuana. So it's vote no on issue two, and the election is coming quickly. Folks, we need to get everybody out there to vote no on issue two. Uh, Gary, we can only think also that when you legalize something, it just inspires young people. Then they say, oh, well, it's not so bad. Look, uh, Dad's smoking marijuana or, you know, Uncle Charlie. Uh, and then it's just going to proliferate with young people getting involved with drugs more as as we go ahead, if, if Ohio does go ahead and legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think that the statistics that you just mentioned about the increase in Colorado is can maybe be, you know, some from that, where, you know, all of a sudden young kids are getting the idea that, hey, this is okay. So now these are people that were, you know, getting recreational marijuana probably illegally. Like we all bought beer when we were 18 years old. You had some 21-year-old friend buy it for you. But these are folks that got addicted to it when they were, you know, younger and they were teenagers. And now that they're driving and they're part of the motor public, we're seeing these, these accidents happen. And, you know, there's nothing to say that's not the case. There's nothing that I've seen that says it is. But, you know, I I just saw a recent study from Colorado Division of Criminal Justice that uh, they tested 4,000 drivers for marijuana in 2016. 73% were found to have marijuana in their system. That's a lot. Yes, it is. Three out of four. That's three out of four. And I don't know that I want to put myself on the road or my family on the road or have my friends be on the road when three quarters of the people are high. 
you know, sadly here in Ohio, last General Assembly, the good folks in Columbus decided to raise the per se level of marijuana you were allowed to have in your system. Uh, I'm pretty old, and historically, my whole law enforcement career, we've lowered the number, the amount of alcohol you're allowed to have in your system. But for some reason, the good folks down there decided that we should increase the amount of marijuana you can have in your system. I have no idea why that would be. I don't know what their reasoning was behind that, but that seems like we're going the wrong way. You know, that's something that we should say, hey, you got to have less marijuana in your system than you did last year when, you know, especially we're going to make it recreational where where everybody can can get their hands on it. And, you know, again, with the legalization, I think a lot of people are under the misconception that this is going to cause the street dealers to go away. And we all know about the, you know, the, the drug problem with, you know, turf wars and, and things like that. And, you know, drug dealers ripping off their, their support, their buyer or their buyer ripping off the drug dealer and turns into some type of violence. I think that we're not going to see that go away. A drug dealer's livelihood is selling drugs. If he's not selling drugs, he's not going to go work at McDonald's. He's not going to go work at Target. He's going to lower his prices to compete with the legal dispensaries. They're not going to go away. That's, that's their livelihood. That's what they want to do. They don't want to get up and do an eight to five job or anything like that because they want to sleep till noon and get up and sell their drugs and, you know, do, do things like that. And I, I think that, you know, to make the point on that, in Oregon, there was a, a police report that said that currently in 2016, 70% of the marijuana sales were still black market, which is the guy in the street corner. That's incredible. That tells you that these folks aren't going away. They're still going to be out there. They're going to be competitive, which is going to lead to more violence because the guy on your corner is going to sell it for X number of dollars, and the guy in my corner is going to sell it for a little bit more. So they're going to have a little battle because I can't lower my prices to, to where you're at. So they're going to try to you know, move in on each other's territory or eliminate the competition more so than they already do. It, it, it's just a... You know, it's overall, it's just not a good idea. It's, it's going to increase crime. And one of the other things that was shown in Colorado when they started this was the, and this should be something that really, you know, joggles, jogs the mind of the normal citizen. The number of ER visits for small kids that are picking up these edibles. And, and we've all seen these things advertised in magazines or the internet or whatever. These edible candy bars look just like the real candy bar. Just the wrapping's the same, the coloring's the same, the name is just the same. And I have a two-year-old grandson that can't read, but he knows what a candy bar looks like. And he's going to take that candy bar and he's going to eat it, and he's going to overdose, and they're, and, they, and they're winding up in the emergency rooms. The same with the brownies and things. These are, you know, put a put a plate of marijuana brownies on the table and, and ask a toddler which one's the real one, the real brownie or the marijuana brownie. They ingest these things because parents are, are careless. They leave this stuff out. These young, young children get into this, and they wind up in the emergency rooms. That's well, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, like you said, these uh, kid-friendly forms of candy, like uh, uh, gummy bears and cookies and candies, the kids don't know any different. And uh, like right. you said, it's just going to mean uh, young, uh, you know, young people, uh, children, uh, toddlers even, uh, ingesting this and having real problems. Uh, we're talking with Gary from the FOP of Ohio. We're talking about Issue 2. Folks, you need to get out there and vote no on Issue 2. This is a terrible proposal. You know, back to what you talked about, uh, this provo- proposal actually enables homegrown, which uh, 
will inevitably create a cottage industry of home growers dealing marijuana laced with even more dangerous substances. I mean, your troopers deal with that uh, because we have a fentanyl problem. And so these people will do crossover with these things, with marijuana, with fentanyl, with heroin. And, of course, marijuana still is the gateway drug at the different uh, recovery clinics. Nine out of ten patients admit that they started with marijuana. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And, and there's a there's actually a provision in this uh, initiative that there's a 10% tax going to be levied on the sale of mar- the legal sale of marijuana. Marijuana. Part of that money is going to addiction services. What does that tell you? That tells you that the government knows that you become addicted to marijuana, or as you said, it's a gateway drug to something else. So they're dedicating a good portion of this tax. I think it's, I think it was in the area of 25% of this 10% tax is going to go to addiction services because we know it's bad for you. We know it, you become addicted. We know it's a gateway drug. And I think the, the National Institute of Health said that regular marijuana use reduces your IQ by eight points. Eight points is a lot when you're talking about IQ. You know, it, it's the difference between making really good decisions and really bad decisions, I think. And it's just one of those, you know, again, we know it's bad. We're telling you it's bad because we're dedicating money to the addiction part of it. And you had mentioned, you know, the homegrown problem with the folks that are going to be, you know, wasting it with things. Yeah, that's how the street corner guy is going to do better than the dispensary because he's going to give you something to give you a better kick. Or, you know, he's going to add heroin to it or fentanyl to it or back in the old days, PCP all of these things that, that they added to marijuana over the course of the years to get you to buy his product because his product is going to be better than the state product. And he doesn't have to charge tax. He doesn't have to worry about taxes and, 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 and overhead. He's buying it from another dealer. He's not growing it someplace. You know, it's, yeah, it's just not a good mix at all. And again, there's, there's another part of that tax that's going to, um, I think about 30, 35% is earmarked for, Social and job equity. And I'm not quite sure what exactly social and job equity means, but when a, when a, a Walmart comes into a neighborhood and a mom and pop hardware store goes out of business, they give these folks some money so that you know, because they put them out of business. Same we, we we do with farmers. When we ask farmers, hey, we're going to have a lot of corn this year, so don't plant all your corn this year. We'll pay you not to plant things. Does that mean we're going to pay drug dealers to not sell their drugs because we realize that we're trying to put them out of business? They're not going to go away. We're not going to pay drug dealers to go away, but to me, that's what social and job equity means, or or certainly can mean. I don't know what else it would mean, but you know, again, there's just no good reason to do this. And, and I, I sat on the commission when we investigated medical marijuana for Ohio before it was put on the ballot, and it was an eye-opening experience. And in a controlled environment, with a doctor prescribing it for you. I learned that there's a lot of good things that the marijuana can do for a certain group of people with certain ailments and illnesses and, and, and things like that. And, you know, coming from a law enforcement background and, you know, always against drugs because of all the things we've already talked about that they do, there is, you know, some good use. And I mean, fentanyl isn't all bad. They use it, they use it as a sedative for you. You know, when you, when you have surgery, they, they use it to block pain and things. So, there are good uses for these things, and, and and the state, you know, saw that they recognized that, and they allowed medical marijuana under doctor's orders and things like that, and it does help people with 
you know, glaucoma, some cancer patients with pain and suffering and things like that, I think has been shown to, to help PTSD. But for the normal person that just wants to sit in their patio and have a uh, adult beverage and, and, and smoke some marijuana or however they're going to ingest it, be it through an edible or however, I, I don't see much reason for it. We're talking with Gary Wolski. He is the president of the FOP. The FOP has come out in full force against Issue 2. The Ohio Christian Alliance is also urging a no vote on Issue 2. Uh, we just have a few minutes left. Let me give you a website. Uh, it's protectohiofamilies.com. Uh, again, that's protectohiofamilies.com, where you can get more information on this. Gary, I'm just looking here. Uh, in text, intoxicating cannabis products, including marijuana, can have a major impact on safety and work environment. Uh, this is by the Quest Diagnostics. Uh, post-accident workforce drug positivity for marijuana reached a 25-year high in 2022. The, the business community is alarmed by this proposal because they're already having a real challenge getting qualified workers, trained workers for Ohio Throwing this into the mix just is not good for Ohio's business climate and basically for people working productive jobs uh, to get on with their lives and, and actually the American dream. This is actually an American nightmare. Your thoughts? Well, I think, and, I, and you know, I, I, I'm aware of that. And I also, you know, have, have, have seen some other data that uh, the positivity rates in the workplace in, in states that are legal is, is up as much as 48% in Nevada. 14% in Massachusetts, the uh, injuries, we're seeing an increase in the positivity rate of about 4% in the general workforce and 8% in safety-sensitive workforces, which goes back to, you know, our earlier conversation about, you know, op folks operating, you know, heavy equipment, construction equipment, crane operators in, in you know, in, in warehouses and steel manufacturing places and things like that. That's a lot of people. You know, it doesn't, you know, the number 8% sounds low, but when you consider how many people that actually is, that's a lot of people going to work every day that are, that have marijuana in their system. And are they going to make a decision that's not good? Is their reaction time going to be a little bit slower? Is your memory going to be in, impaired? Are your skills going to be impaired? All those things that you just mentioned, you know, those things are going to, they're real. They're true. They're going to happen. We're going to see an increase in injuries. Sadly, we're probably going to see an increase in fatalities. Many of these jobs that are going to be at risk are very high-risk jobs as it is. Construction folks need to be on top of their game all the time. Folks building skyscrapers, the iron workers standing up on those you know, six-inch wide beams can't take a misstep. You know. Well, that's so, right. Again, the website is protectohiofamilies.com. It is the campaign against Issue 2. And we urge you to go out and vote no on issue two. Early voting and in-person voting has already begun. Make sure you cast your ballot and vote no on issue two. That's the better way for Ohio is to safeguard us against this terrible proposal on the legalization of recreational marijuana. Let's not make Ohio like California and Colorado folks uh, that are having real problems with uh, the legalization of pot. Uh, Gary, I want to tell you, uh, we really respect your service uh, in the police force and all those who serve uh, in blue across the state. Please pass along our appreciation for all the men and women who serve us uh, in the uh, police uh, forces across the state. I will do that. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. 
Thank you, and thank you for your fight on this issue, too. And thanks for being my guest today. Not a problem. Anytime you know how to reach me. All right. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. Sure. Well, if you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. We also have the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide on Issues 1 and 2 that you can print and download right from our website. And if your church needs voter guides on Issues 1 and 2, you can also request them on our website. Stay tuned on the other side. We're going to hear from Pastor Walter Moss on Issue 1. And uh, Pastor is going to share with us how it's a terrible effect. Abortion rates in the black community are higher than any other minority group. And Pastor Moss is going to share about his thoughts on why we need to defeat Issue 1. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Let me turn to abortion. The ban on partial birth abortions or late-term abortions, you supported that ban. I did and I do. Late-term abortions were too much for Biden. But if issue one passes... In the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother. That's not okay with me. Republicans and Democrats oppose the late-term abortions allowed under issue one. Join them. Vote no on issue one. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. The Army National Guard responds to disasters such as wildfires and floods. They protect us with missile defense, cybersecurity, and civilian support teams for chemical, biological, and radiological hazards. Be there for your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. My birth mom was a scared teenager when she was forced into a late-term abortion. Because of a doctor's mistake, I survived, but my twin did not. I was left broken and hurt. Late-term abortion is real, and so is the pain. But the pro-choice industry wants it right up to birth. Abortions that are too late, too painful, and too extreme for Ohio. Will you stand for victims? Please say no to late-term abortion in Ohio. Paid for by Ohio Christian Alliance. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We are now inside the 30-day window before the November 7th election, and all eyes are on Ohio as Issue 1, which would legalize abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy, is on the ballot, and it would, it would actually enshrine it into the state constitution if Issue 1 is successful. What we're going to talk about is defeating Issue 1. It's all hands on deck in the pro-life community all across Ohio, in the faith community, all people who believe in life. Uh, we are out to defeat Issue 1 and the radical interests that are pushing it to try to put it on uh, into the state's constitution. We're talking about the uh, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, radical abortion groups, a group of abortion doctors in Ohio. Have been and then those allies of theirs who have been funding them with millions of dollars, and that's why you're seeing television ads uh, all across the channel 
uh, pushing you to vote yes on issue one. Look, folks, vote no on issue one. If you value life in the womb, the, the innocent unborn child, vote no. If you're against late-term, painful abortion, vote no on issue one. And because issue one will legalize abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy, it will dispense with any parental rights that we currently have in law in Ohio. All of our reasonable pro-life legislation will be wiped out if the constitutional amendment that the radical abortion interests have put forward, and we will be voting on it on the November 7th ballot, and early voting begins this week. So those of you that are casting an early ballot, you need to get out and vote no on issue one. So with me on the phone is a good friend. He's a pro-life advocate. He's in the fight. He is the president of the Right to Life Coalition, Action Coalition of Ohio. His name is Pastor Walter Moss. And we're going to be talking about uh, the Black Voices for Life. And he's a black pastor. And the, listen, the black community is targeted by Margaret Sanger's group, Planned Parenthood. She believed in wiping out uh, the minority race in this country. She was a racist, and uh, that's why you'll see abortion clinics in minority neighborhoods. They're targeting the black community. And folks are beginning to wake up and realizing what's going on here. And pastors are raising their voices in the black community. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, because we have a unified pro-life movement out to defeat Issue 1. Pastor Moss, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much, Brother Chris. It's awesome to be on with you today. And yes, we're all in agreement. We got to defeat issue one. We got to we got to vote no. We got to vote no. We got to vote no. That's right, brother. You know, last night I spoke to a group in Warren, uh, Ohio, where the pastor invited me to come in. He has a, a political coalition there. We were downtown Warren, and uh, we were spreading the news. Some of the political interests were also there in the community. We gave away the Ohio Christian Alliance. Uh, handout voter guide, which is vote no on issues one and two. We also had yard signs available for folks, uh, and those are going up all over the place. There's television ads, uh, there's radio ads, and of course this radio program. That's why we've been focusing a lot of time on news and focus on folks to get out and vote no on issue one. Pastor, give us the grim statistics in the minority community, how abortion uh, uh, with the black population being 12% of the U.S. population, yet a majority of abortions are minority children. Tell us about that. Well, man, it's uh, sad that I have to tell you that, but it's true. Matter of fact, in 2022, Ohio Department of Health uh, that just came out two weeks ago, it said in Ohio, out uh, of African Americans, we had 48.4% of all abortions in Ohio. And across the nation, as you stated, we make up 12 to 13 percent of the population. And across the nation, we're having at least uh, the highest percentage of abortions of any other people group. And it's so sad that I have to report that. But it's true. It's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, I want my black brothers and sisters to ask, answer this question every year, the last 10 years. We've been saying the black population or the census has been saying our numbers have not grown whatsoever. Why do we think that is? Because we're killing our babies in the womb. We've been targeted. Margaret Sanger is cheering right now because she's seeing uh, what she wanted to happen is happening. We are not increasing 
in our numbers. And that is so sad, Chris. And my heart hurts when I have to talk about it, but it's true. And when I read that report, I was on a prayer uh, call that night on a Monday. And when I read that report, I just broke down and I wept. I cried. I couldn't get through it because every day in Ohio, across the United States, a black baby, any baby aborted is, is one too many, but the number of black babies that's being aborted, we call that genocide. And that's what's going on. And if this issue one passes, it means that more babies, more than is happening now, will be aborted. And I guarantee you, more, the more of those babies will be black babies. Right now in the state of Ohio, there is abortion is legal to 22 weeks. If issue right. one, the constitutional amendment is passed, it will legalize abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, Martin Haskell, who is an abortionist, who is, who's known to have done, conducted late-term abortions, he, there will be more Martin Haskells in this state. Folks, yeah. we can't let that happen. Pastor, explain. Well, man, I mean, you, you're right. Uh, I'm from northern northeast Ohio and in Calga Falls. They, they, abortion, abortion there, all I see predominantly is black people going in there. And basically, you know, we we, we almost had these abortuaries closed until the heartbeat bill was stayed. And when that happened, the abortion clinic was able to keep making money. And Chris, you and I both know it's really all about them making money. That's how they survive. That's how those doctors those abortion doctors live high on the hall is through abortion money. And so, yes, if they do a baby a late-term abortion, they're going to make more money. And that, and they're also going to harvest the baby part. So it's all connected. And that's why we got to defeat issue one on, on – and if you go early voting, vote no. If you go November 7th, vote no. We're talking with Pastor Walter Moss. Uh, he is a voice for life. He works and is president of the Right to Life Coalition Action of Ohio. They work to get the vote out of the uh, information out statewide to the grassroots. Pastor, yeah. we do see a lot of grassroots activity all across the state. The March for Life last Friday saw folks come in from all across the state uh, to march yeah. in downtown Columbus. Uh, but there's also folks all over the state that are going door to door. They're working the yeah. phone banks. They're working in their churches. They're passing out literature. They're putting up signs. Uh, is it going to be enough? I tell you what, Chris. It's like I said, I had an opportunity to speak at that rally, and like I said, we all got to give a hundred percent plus. And I'm seeing, I'm feeling more and seeing more people now calling and asking for yard signs, calling and saying, "Hey, what can I do?" And the church, the church really has to step up. And I'm seeing more pastors and more churches in my area say, what can we do? Get us some information. So I feel like I feel like we have some momentum since that march and rally. Well, with that, Pastor, let me give folks the information of the Ohio Christian Alliance in our bulletin insert handout on Issue 1. It is available on our website. In fact, you can request voter guides for your church on the Ohio Christian Alliance webpage. Just look up Ohio Christian Alliance and you click on the Request Voter Guides for Issues 1 and 2 for your church. It's a full-color handout, and we'll ship it out to your church. 
Uh, let us know how many that you need for your church. It's free. Contributions are welcome and appreciated. Again, that's at our website at ohioca.org. Also, there's a link to Door to Door. This is a volunteer effort across the state. We've partnered with Created Equal, and uh, they are signing up folks for both phone banks that you can just use from your own home. You can utilize their system to call folks, and you just dial in, and they'll show you how to do that. And also, uh, door-to-door effort. That's also available on our website at ohioca.org. Pastor, there's so much activity out across the state, but the radical left is outspending us four to one. They basically have inundated the television, so people are just seeing their ads. They're not seeing many of our ads. Uh, but folks really need, do need to know the insidious nature of issue one. Tell us about it. Yeah, they're, they're lying. They're lying. And uh, they they are totally lying. They're saying that you can't get uh, care if you have a miscarriage. And, Chris, that is a total lie because in Ohio, people have always been getting care even if, they, if a woman has a miscarriage. And they're, they're lying. All of the things that they're saying on those commercials – they are lying, and also, Chris, they not they forget to say to people, we are we already have abortion up to twenty two weeks right now in Ohio. So people are getting abortion. They're telling people you can't get an abortion. We don't want them to, but the law in Ohio right now says you can get it up to twenty two weeks. So they're lying to the people. They're lying, lying, lying. Well, folks, if you're listening and you're hearing us say, well, how can they get away with that? Well, listen, there's no law about when they campaign for something to lie right to your face about the issue. And as Pastor just uh, detailed to you, uh, a woman who has a miscarriage can absolutely receive full uh, care and medical treatment at any medical facility around Ohio, all the hospitals. That's never been in question. Uh, birth right. control is legal in the state of Ohio. None of that right. is true of what they're saying. Uh, they're trying to scare you into voting their way so that they can get their way and they can get their greedy little hands on taking the little life in the womb to the ninth month of pregnancy to take away your parental rights. So, Pastor, let's yeah. talk about that for a minute because parents are saying, well, what do you mean, take away my rights? Well, currently, in the state of Ohio, it is law that if your daughter uh, it goes to her school counselor, and the, sc- the counselor is bound by law to, to inform you of what is happening with your daughter. If she's uh, seeking an abortion or if they're trying to a- advise her to get an abortion, they have to notify the parents. If issue one passes, that will be, go- that will be gone, won't it, Pastor? That's right, because in the abortion, it says every individual has a right to make or carry out one's own reproductive decision. And, and and so that means that minors can do that without a parent's consent. Anybody they go with and take them to get an abortion, to get sex change, all of that stuff because of the wording. I mean, they knew what they were doing, uh, ACLU and Planned Parenthood, when they wrote this, and they wrote it mirrors Michigan uh, laws right now. And so, yes, parents will lose their right to have say or if their daughters or young kids go have go to the abortion or have sex changes. Let me read to you as the proposed amendment. It's actually on our voter guide. You'll see the proposed amendment as that was passed by the Ohio ballot board. So you'll see the language as you will see the summary on your ballot. 
The proposed amendment would establish in the Constitution of the state of Ohio an individual right to one's own reproductive medical treatment, including but not limited to abortion. Create legal protections for any person or entity that assists a person with receiving reproductive medical treatment, including but not limited to abortion. Prohibit the state from directly or indirectly burdening, penalizing, or prohibiting abortion before an unborn child is determined to be viable unless the state demonstrates that it is using the least restrictive means. Now, folks, what that means is if this bill passes, your state legislature, your governor, no one will be able to prevent this. It's in the state constitution. That's why we tried to raise the threshold back in August. You'll remember we wanted you to vote yes on uh, the issue at that time to raise the threshold to 60%. It's a simple majority. If they get yeah. 50 and a half percent, it becomes law. So it's yeah. a very precarious situation we find ourselves in with this horrendous ballot proposal that is a constitutional amendment. It will be in the state constitution and have the full weight of the law of the state constitution. Pastor, your thoughts? Yes, and that is that would be so grievous. I don't even want to think about it. That's why I'm doing all I can, 100% plus, to defeat this. We this 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 amendment is not Ohio. This amendment is not for any state, and we've got to defeat that. People need to read it. A lot of people haven't read it, uh, brother Chris. They're just going by what certain groups are telling them to vote on. They haven't even read this amendment. If you read it, folks, you're going to find out and you're going to see how evil it is. Grant a pregnant woman's treating physician the authority to determine on a case-by-case basis whether an unborn child is viable. That means the abortionist. The abortionist will be determining whether the child is viable. Folks, they'll abort to the ninth month. Right. Right at the time of birth. These are these are the abortionists. They're going to determine the, determine the value of life you know, Pastor, right. even those who believe in abortion to the early weeks are against late-term abortion. This will legalize late-term, painful abortion. We will yeah. see partial birth abortion return that we banned in this state over 20-some years ago. Your thoughts? Yeah, 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 true. And and just think about it, Chris. Really, okay, you ask, the abortionist gets to make the decision, and he knows, she or she knows, that if she doesn't do that abortion, and she's not going to make the top dollar. It's all about money. And so, yes, you're going. To, yes, they're going to say this. I can abort this baby. Should be aborted. And so, man, it's it's evil, evil, evil. Always allow an unborn child to be aborted at any stage of pregnancy, regardless of viability, if in the treating physician's determination, the abortion is necessary to protect the women, pregnant women's life or health. Now, folks, obviously, uh, we believe in protecting life, and that the way yes. that medical science is today, very few women have to give that decision. Whether the you know a decision between them, we have C-section, we have all kinds of medical right. procedures right. now that, that weren't available back in the day. Uh, but when they say life or health, we're talking mental health. When a, right. a, a woman comes in and says, "I can't have this baby." Uh, I don't want this baby. That That's considered health. And, Pastor, that's why the majority of these abortions are about selective decision by 
a woman being pressured by a boyfriend, a family member, or she's been pressured by some ad- someone advising her to get the abortion. You can't afford that child. You, you, you know, what are you going to do? And and you, you can't have another child and, and this kind of thing. Uh, it's right. the devil himself that tells the women these things. Your thoughts, Pastor? Right. Yes, I believe that. And it, and it, and she's being she's being pressured. She's being pushed to have that uh, abortion. And um, man, that's why that's why we we need to we need to defeat this thing because what's going to happen is the number of abortions is going to go up, just as we said earlier, and especially in the African American community. And so we need to defeat defeat this at the root right now in Jesus' name. Pastor, are we getting the word into the community? Is the is the community being told and alerted as to what this is all about? And are pastors getting the word out to their congregations? I put it like this: those that want the information, they're getting it, and then we have some who oppose, who don't want us to get it. But but what? My wife is a door knocker for Susan B. Anthony, and what she's saying is a lot of people again they don't even they don't know what's in this, Chris. They don't have any idea. They're just they said they're voting because they've been told to vote this way. A union tells them to vote that way. Family members tells them to vote that way. A friend, because, you know, they don't, people don't research and they don't read. And so they don't know or they read or they're voting yes on that because that's what the party said to vote on it. This isn't about party. This isn't about Democrat, Republican, or any other party. This is a standalone issue. And it doesn't matter what your party affiliation is. This is about life and death, folks. This is about God's life in the womb. Let me read to you from Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. Amen. Amen. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The greatest blessing is when God blesses us with children. You know, yes. oh, there might be a woman out there and says, I, I just can't take this child. Yes, you can. And God will yes. provide. And it will be a yes. blessing in your life. Uh, do not listen to the devil's lie. And there's so many women who regret abortion, and it haunts yes. them, uh, men and women. And so right. don't become a victim by listening to the devil's lie and to the radical left. And and listen, if, if some political party's telling you to go against God, Think about that. Why would you listen to somebody that's telling you to go against God? Right. That's Sister, right. brother, I'm telling you, you got to do what's right before God. You can't be listening to some political entity. You got to you got to right. listen to God. Who's first in your life? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it God Himself? Or or are you listening to some political entity? Pastor, your thoughts? I agree 100. percent You got to listen to God, folks. Before you go and vote, if you don't understand that amendment, read it. Read it, and you understand what Chris and I have been talking about. It's evil. It's evil. When you read it, you're going to say, what is this? That's the way they wrote it. They wrote it so that the average person won't understand it and think it's okay. But it's not okay. Vote no, folks. Vote no. Pastor, we were um, inside the 30-day uh, time period. Now, we uh, early voting starts tomorrow. And yes. so it's all hands on deck to get this done and to, That's right. and to get everybody out there. The Catholic Church is involved, the evangelical churches, uh, the yes. black church. Everybody's working hard to try to get the word out. And, folks, this is going to be a close one. 
We're not going to need your help. Uh, again, if you want to uh, work the phones, if you want to go door-to-door, if you need literature, uh, go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website at ohioca.org. Uh, you can click on the link about volunteering to go door-to-door and also uh, to do phone banking. But you can also request the voter guide for your church and ask your pastor if you can pass it out. Pass it out to your – and if he says no, pass it out to your family and friends. Uh, don't let yep. that inhibit you, and also go to your neighbors and start talking to your neighbors about it. Pastor, your thoughts? Hey, I agree 100%. I had an opportunity a couple of Saturdays ago to uh, minister in, in an Amish area, some Amish people. Some of them vote, some of them don't, but I pleaded with them to go vote. Go vote, people. We we just need people to go and vote. Vote no. Well, you know what? That's right. In the Amish community, like down in Wayne County and uh, Holmes yes. County, they absolutely do vote. Uh, we had a gal that yeah. worked down there, and she uh, registered the Amish to vote going back to 2004 on the marriage amendment. Amen. And she got a lot of them to go and vote. Uh, and I think they call them the beacons who lead the community. That's kind of like their chief pastors, uh, like a All beacon right. in the community. And and they do. They tell them to get out and do the right thing and go out and vote. And this time it will be vote no on issue one. That's right. That's right. Amen. Well, Pastor, uh, there's some signs in Cleveland. Where's where can people get uh, yard signs yet uh, in Cleveland? What what's the uh, storefront there where people can stop by and get them? Well, Cleveland actually going on Cleveland Right to Life. You can get them there. You can also get them in Akron at, at Northeast Ohio Right to Life. And I can leave I can leave you my number three three zero three zero nine twenty nine hundred three three zero three zero nine twenty nine hundred. We just ordered ten thousand. Signs that's coming in, uh, uh, coming in this Wednesday, and uh, we're giving them out. So three three zero three zero nine twenty nine hundred. Text me or call me, and I'll I'll hook you up with some signs. Okay, so uh, Cleveland Right to Life uh, purchased ten thousand more signs. That's great. Um, well, because we need them, and that's great. Give that number out again, Pastor. All right, three three zero three zero nine twenty nine hundred three three zero three zero nine twenty nine hundred. We Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio, we bought those 10000 And Cleveland Right to Life, they're buying more, too. But we're all sharing them because we're all in this together. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. And I know that, uh, you know, Jack Boyle is out there. In fact, he delivered yes. some out to yes. uh, Trumbull County. And so uh, they had signs out there, uh, out yes. in Warren, and they're all over the place in Summit County and Medina and uh, Portage County. Uh, vote no on issue one. And so, also, you can phone us at 330-887-1922 if you're not able to go online. And if you have some questions, uh, just call us at 330-887-1922. Pastor Moss, thanks for being my guest today, my friend. Hey, you're welcome. God bless you, Brother Chris. Well, thank you. We're we're in this fight together. We're going to do all we can, and God's going to smile on our efforts. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.